We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's happening, Packer fans? Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. I am super excited to be joined once again by the one and only Carmen Vitali. You can find her on uh, Fox Sports as the NFC North expert. Of course, more importantly, you can find her on the Packaday podcast as the NFC North expert. You can find her on Twitter at Carmi V. That is C-A-R-M-I-E with a V. Carmi, Carmen, how the heck are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, getting ready and geared up to go to Vegas to see the, the Green Bay Packers. I'm so excited. You get to see uh, Packers Raiders. I'm very jealous. Mm-hmm. I thought on and off, should I go to Vegas? Should I not go to Vegas? I ultimately decided not to. I'm now having fear of missing out, which is going to happen. But uh, what is your what is your Vegas plan as you get ready for Packers Lions? Honestly, yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm going in on Monday, the day of the game, like in the morning and uh, only staying for the night. Weirdly enough, uh, I'm, you know, obviously covering these teams. Fox does pay for my travel, but... We do have caps on how much we can spend and everything was so expensive in Vegas this weekend. And I was like, why, what, what's going on? Is there a fight? Like the Raiders games don't really move the needle like they right. do in other cities because Vegas is very well equipped to handle big events, obviously. And then I realized it's Packers fans. 
Packers fans are going to take over Allegiant Stadium. Like, mark my words. I know it's going to happen. Vegas is a wonderful destination for Packer fans. And I'm like, that's why everything is sold out and so expensive. Like, I'm staying off the strip. I'm only going for the night. I'm like, this is, this is not Vegas that I'm used to. Uh, but, I mean, more power to Green Bay Packers and their fans because they travel really well. You are not the only person that I've heard this from. I've heard multiple people who have had to stay off the strip because of the crazy prices with the Packers in town. And like you said earlier, I didn't I didn't know if maybe there was something else going on as well. But right. we know Packer fans travel. We know it's Vegas. And I've been saying all week, like, yeah, it might be in Vegas, but this is not going to feel like a traditional road game for the Packers, especially coming off Thursday night football. They'll have plenty of rest. It's not like the travel is going to like zap them in by any means. In fact, the Raiders are coming off a road game the previous week playing at the Chargers. So if anything, the Packers should be more well rested. They should have, yeah. you know, potentially maybe even more fans in the stands. Like this is not your traditional road game for Green Bay. No, not at all. I mean, like you said, they they travel so well. Even my six years with the Buccaneers, uh, the Packers came down a couple of times. And when I say that stadium was majority green and gold, it was majority green and gold. All, honestly, all of the NFC North teams travel really well when it they, uh, when it has to do with a warm climate. They all want to get out of their cold. Speaking of which, not, this beautiful in Wisconsin. not necessarily a warm climate, although it was really great last Thursday night. The Lions fans uh, traveled pretty darn well to Lambeau Field. Really that well? was probably the most uh, road team colors that I've ever seen yeah. at Lambeau Field Same. in my you know, multiple years of being at that stadium. So that was crazy to see. But I want to start there. I know it's over a week ago already. It feels like forever. But your takeaway from Packers-Lions, I think the Lions sort of announced themselves as like, yep, we are the top dog in this division. Uh, but what was you know, sort of your overarching takeaways from that game? Yeah, it was about bouncing back also from like the loss earlier in the season. They, they were kind of stumbling along um, and that really secured their position as no, we're, we're a complete team. We're the team to beat. I also think that being a division, like playing a division team played a lot into that because of the fact that these teams are so familiar with each other um, and they have game plans against each other. Uh, that are specific to certain players on each team. I mean, like these, these teams are very, very familiar. So I think that also helped uh, in the Lions case, maybe not necessarily in the Packers case, unfortunately. Um, but no, I, I've been saying that these, they're the team to beat in the NFC North and they absolutely proved that on a national scale uh, on Thursday night. So I think that's why that's another reason you're seeing all of these people kind of talk about the Lions now, where maybe they weren't before. It's like, well, this was a national game. And, and they were and like it's the second one they played in four weeks too. And they played well on the national level each time. So I just, I, I can't say enough about what Dan Campbell has done in Detroit and the culture and, and just the team bonding that, that, that they have um, that's really manifesting itself in really good play on the field. I was just about to say, you don't want to play the Detroit Lions on Thursday. That's their day, apparently. Unfortunately, Green Bay plays Detroit again on Thursday on Thanksgiving sure later this season. So the Lions have won four straight against Green Bay. They knocked them out of the playoffs in Week 18 last year in Aaron Rodgers' last game at as a Green Bay Packer. Spoiled that game. Uh, they now, you know, going into this game, I think we sort of knew, like, this is for maybe not the NFC North crown. A lot can happen from here on out, but this is for the early lead in the NFC North, if nothing else, and certainly bragging rights for uh, the first four weeks of the season. But this, this game was not close. Sometimes you get those Thursday night games, especially on the road and the road teams just so behind the eight ball in a short week. And you see some home team craziness happen from time to time. This had none of that. And I think to your point, 
This probably had something to do with these two teams being familiar with each other. We know, again, the Lions have had recent success against the Packers, but this was this was a pretty big beatdown from beginning to end. And I, I my question then for you is, we know that they're probably the, the NFC North, not only the team to beat, but by far the favorites at this point. Are they also contenders? I know you kind of wrote about this a little bit as well, but is this is this a contending team? Yeah, it is. I, it's it's so weird to say, but um, I think the way the way that they're able to bounce back from losses and and the way that they're able to play four quarters of football um, that's not as common in this league as as it's made out to be. I mean, it's hard to play sixty minutes of good solid football, and the Lions have been able to do that. Um, win or lose for that matter. And I think that they are, they are complete. They are deep in the right spots. And I mean, you've seen that their, their offensive line is a little bit banged up, but you have guys that you can plug and play right away in there. And that makes a huge difference. I think Ben Johnson understands, and so does Brad Holmes for that matter, their GM understands the importance of solidifying that offensive line, no matter what happens, because that's what makes that offensive engine go. Um, and the defense, I, I can't say enough about what Aaron Glenn has done with so many young players and the way that they keep getting this production out of first and second year players. You've got Aiden Hutchinson leading the league in pressures and you have rookies like Jack Campbell flying all over the place. Um, it's it something Aaron Glenn said to me before the season started that really stuck out to me was that Jack Campbell, they view Jack Campbell as their middle linebacker for the next 10 to 12 years. And that kind of makes a lot of sense when you think about where he was taken and kind of the eyebrows that were raised for taking an inside linebacker so high. But when you think about the fact that they view him as a defensive cornerstone and then you see him go out there and not get the gaudy stats yet, but the way that he plays, the athleticism he, 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 he exhibits and just the way he hits, man, I mean – he is like one of those old school. I'm from Chicago, grew up in Chicago. He like reminds me of guys like Erlacher and Briggs who were extremely athletic. They were extremely aware of the, what was going on around them, where the ball was, all that stuff, but they could also just come downhill and hit. And that's yeah. Jack Campbell. And he fits in with Dan Campbell and, and the rest of the guys there real well. The Detroit fighting Campbells. It's just hitting me now that I'm wearing <laughs> wearing way too much of a Detroit Lions blue, and then now I'm very blue. uncomfortable. I know. It's almost Honolulu blue. Mistakes were made. I, I'm wearing uh, gold right now. It's it's not Packers gold, right. but it's, it's Arizona State now. gold. It was needed. <laughs> um, but no, it's interesting because they're, they're two very different philosophies that Green Bay and Detroit took in this draft. And mm-hmm. they're, they're at two different wavelengths for where they're at from a team-building standpoint and Green Bay's we don't, I know a lot of people don't like that rebuild word, but they went super young. They're the youngest team in the NFL. They went in, in more like high-end development down the road. Detroit a- attacked what I think a lot of people will now consider some of the fringe positions, running back, tight end, safety, and linebacker. Tight linebacker, right? yep. Linebacker. Like those are the four of like, ah, those are the non-premium positions. You don't need to spend premium picks on it. But they got four guys who, as we have seen, are ready to play right freaking now and have had a huge impact on their season already. You know, Jameer Gibbs, I think a lot of people are looking for even more out of Jameer Gibbs and just a little bit more playing time. But obviously that one, two with Montgomery has been working pretty darn well so far. You know, Brian Branch has been flying around. You just mentioned all the great things about uh, Jack Campbell and then, you know, Laporta coming up with that big down early in the game. Like, 
my goodness, like those are four guys that are ready to play right now that had the college pedigree that played at big time schools and were ready to come in and contribute. And they have. And that to me, you look at the drafts for some of the other teams, obviously Jordan Addison playing well in Minnesota, Darnell Wright playing well with Chicago, but Detroit would didn't have, it's not like they had, you know, just like the first pick in the draft, like Chicago did, but they utilized it. They went with some of those French positions, but they got guys that could help them right now. And it's a huge reason why, in my opinion, they are on top of the NFC North and at three and one, and again, potentially being in that contender status. Uh, yeah. It, I, the way that they are able to turn around guys uh, and get them acclimated to the league so quickly. I also think that has a lot to do with the fact that they have so many former players on their coaching staff and they can relate to these guys and kind of show them the way by example without taking up roster spots. Uh, usually you bring in like some veterans and stuff to show the younger guys the way that act as like player coaches. I'm thinking about Mercedes Lewis in Chicago yep. right now, kind of brought in for that, that reason as well as to block. Um, but you don't need to do that when you have coaches that aren't really that far removed from playing. Yep. Um, and it's, it, it, it just, again, it breeds this culture there that, you can step up right away. You can step in right away. We're expecting you to do that because we believe in you. Uh, that's the message to these young guys. And it's paying off. I mean, yeah, I talked a lot about Jack Campbell. I didn't even get to Brian Branch, who looks to be the steal of the draft at this point because how he got to the second round is incredible given the Swiss Army capabilities that he has and what he's doing for that backfield, that defensive backfield. And Sam Laporta is resetting almost every rookie tight end record already through the first four games. He's on pace um, and has the most yards of, of, I think he has the most yards of any tight end um, in the league right now, not even just rookies. So he's just completely on fire and he's a rare breed of tight end where in college, these guys are being treated more and more like big bodied receivers. And they're not kind of learning that all around being an extension of the offensive line, being able to block type schemes. Iowa is not like that. Iowa turns out these combo tight ends that, you know, they got rid of TJ Hawkinson. They just slotted in another Iowa tight end because they know that these guys are being taught the pro game in its entirety in college. And that's what's allowing Sam Laporta to make this transition look so seamless. Um, But yeah, I mean, not only do you have contender right now, because all of your guys are so young, this is, this is a very interesting and sustainable way to build a team for long-term success. So um, yeah, the biggest question mark right now is how long you hang on to Jared Goff, I think. Because you yeah, have pretty much everything else solidified for and locked up for years to come at this point. And we'll see if they run into that same wall that sort of the Rams ran into, right, with Goff, where he, he might be able to get you there, but can he win you the Super Bowl? Right. And they decided they needed to go with, ironically enough, a Detroit <laughs> a Lions, Lions quarterback, and Matthew Stafford, to get yeah. over that hump. They did. And, you know, Jerry Goff is sort of the – exact quarterback where you're like, all right, we can win with this guy, but you're always looking for that next upgrade. And that's probably the situation that they're in where if they get the opportunity to go and and find that next quarterback that they think can give them just a little bit of a better chance. So be it, but I feel like I'm in the total upside down because probably for the first time in my life, the Detroit lions are the ones that are on top of the division doing things the right way. Like it's not, it's not like they, just got a Kelvin Johnson or a Barry Sanders, like yeah. like a generational player. And like they kind of carried them to some wins. What Like these, this is a really well-built 
and feel so weird to say a very well built you know? Detroit Lions team with good coaching, with really smart coordinators. They're doing things like for the right way in the trenches. They're doing right things from like an analytical play calling standpoint. Like it, it's it's crazy. It, I miss Matt Millen. I miss Matt Millen and his GM <laughs> of the Detroit Lions. <clears throat> yeah, trust me. Again, growing up in Chicago, I never took the Lions seriously at all, and I think I still had some trepidation even going into the season. Even the way they ended last year with knocking the Packers out of the playoffs and playing out of spite, which was hysterical um, from an outsider's perspective. I get that's not funny. No, it is. Packers fans. Um, but I was still a little skeptical because I'm like, okay, but this is the Lions. Like, just let's let's keep remembering this is the Lions. And even in the game against Green Bay last Thursday, um, in that second half when they came back out and Jordan Love kind of started to get some things going, and I was like. I, I even tweeted it. I was like, you know, I was going to write ahead at halftime, but then I remembered this is the Lions and this is the Packers and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wait. And I waited and there was maybe one or two drives where you were like, okay, is Green Bay going to get back in this thing? Is the momentum shifting a little bit? And it did, but the Lions outlasted them. And I was like, nope. And this is what, this is where, you know, I, I said before, they're playing four quarters of football every game now and that is where it that was a perfect prime example of the fact um that the lions are able to finish games and these are not the lions that we are we're used to growing up anymore no not at all and that was my take on it going in it's like the lions were the the clear favorites going into the into the season for the nfc north but i'm like my entire life every single time the lions take one step forward they take two steps back two steps so back. it's like it's like, I, yeah, I, I think they're going to be, but my whole entire history tells me they're probably going to find some way to go. And you, then you have like the, the gambling stuff immediately and Jamison Williams gets suspended. And players. And I know, like, I was like, oh, here we go. Here it here is. Here we go. Like, this, this is lines. Lines. It's like two more steps back. And then, and no, it has not been that. And kudos to them. They've done a phenomenal job. But then my, my follow-up, as you look at this, you know, as you look at this Packers team uh, from like more of a national level and covering the NFC North, where does this leave Green Bay moving forward? Because they've had two, really nine quarters. If you go to the fourth quarter of the Atlanta game, three of the four quarters against the Saints and then four quarters against the Lions that were very disjointed. And this looked like a not so great Packer team for the majority of those nine quarters. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So you guys really need to make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day routine. 
pizza is the ultimate game day food. There is no question about it. If there's one thing that rivals my love for the Green Bay Packers and my love of football, it's my love of pizza. And right now you can actually order online during their pizza pizza pregame. It's one hour before NFL games and you can get ready for football, fun, choose your favorite little Caesars pizza, pick the toppings that you crave. Me, this is going to sound weird. I know because you know uh, my pickiness with food. I love mushroom and onion. That is my absolute favorite pizza. I know it's probably not everyone else's. And of course, you know you love my food takes, but I love mushroom and onion pizza. I love it from Little Caesars. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone's going to score with convenient delivery. They also have their in-store pizza portal. So you can pick up, you can grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff. Trust me, you're going to love it. And, And if I have to recommend one thing for sure, have to get the crazy bread. The crazy bread is an absolute must. Enjoy it. Enjoy your game day and enjoy it more with Little Caesars. So many of you probably know that Damian Lillard was just traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. And as soon as I found out, I had to get opening day tickets immediately. And I will be there at that game because I use game time and even got to use code pack a day for $20 off, which made it even more sweet. The process was so insanely simple. They have these flash deals and you can click on the different areas of the stadium to see which prices are available. You can see the actual view of the seats. It was hassle-free and just super, super simple. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals as well. You can forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without all the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's finally football season, which means... It's also finally daily fantasy football season. And while I get excited to play daily fantasy every year around this time, I'm even more excited this year because I'll be using prize picks for all my daily fantasy selections. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Even better, they offer ultra quick withdrawals to make all your transactions super fast and easy. Also keep an eye out for weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. My favorite, Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Before football season ramps up, I've been using prize picks for my MLB and college football picks as I prep for a season of winning in daily fantasy football. The experience has been amazing, and it's increased my daily enjoyment of watching Brewers and Badger games. Now, it's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepickscom packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. They're a young team. That's that's kind of what I see when I watch this team and and thinking about how the team is constructed. But I actually did a piece last week about uh, Green Bay's team building strategies and how they are the same and they remain the same since Vince Lombardi days, since the 1960s. This is how this team has been constructed, where you bring in a quarterback, you let him grow with young receivers. It's not just a quarterback succession system. It's a team building system in general that includes skill players. And that's what you're seeing. And I think 
you know, when Matt LaFleur got here and Aaron Rodgers was in his prime, you know, multiple MVPs, just future Hall of Famer, he had a lot of sway over how this team was ran and who was on the team and the roster construction and everything like that. Matt LaFleur didn't know any other way when he came in. And I think what's so fun to me, um, and I know that Green Bay has struggled a little bit throughout the season, but it seems like Matt LaFleur is now bought into the historical system that Green Bay has instilled again since the Lombardi years, the Lombardi way, if you will. Because even in, I I believe it was um, right after Rodgers was traded, um, there was a press conference with Matt LaFleur who said, you know, I still think we could use a veteran wide receiver. And that to me was like, okay, I feel like he's being, he's a little skeptical of how this can work. But if you go back to Aaron Rodgers' first couple of years as a starter, you know, you have Jordy Nelson in there and, and learning along with him, even Brett Favre. Um, you have uh, Shannon uh, Sterling Sharp, <laughs> Shannon's brother, uh, Sterling Sharp. And you have um, An- Antonio Freeman, who was a rookie at that point when Favre, uh, in, I believe it was what, 94, 95? Um, he was a relative unknown. And, uh, and Robert Brooks. Um, you have those guys that are with Sterling Sharp going out in uh, like with that neck injury. You had these two guys that were complete unknowns and Favre had to kind of elevate his play. And it turned out for the better. I think two years later, Robert Brooks led the league in receiving yards. Or maybe that was Antonio Freeman. I forget which one it was. But then, yeah. And then and then Aaron Rodgers does the same thing. They were trying to get Aaron Rodgers to do it again. And Aaron Rodgers didn't want to do it with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. He was, he was done with that. So now yeah. it's Jordan Love's turn. And to see these guys grow together and to let have Green Bay as a, as a franchise give them the opportunity to do that, even when it looks disjointed, even when it looks a little bit inconsistent, um, they know that that's going to pay off in the long run because they've seen it pay off in the long run for decades at this point. So I'm not worried about the Green Bay Packers is what I'm trying to say here. This is something they've been doing. Um, and I understand that there's bumps in the road right now, but these guys are going to grow together. And you talk about a sustainable way to build a team. This is also the way to do it. It's, there's no one right way to do it. And this way has worked for the Green Bay Packers. So just have a little bit more patience. Give it a little bit more time. I still think that the Green Bay Packers end up second in this division. I think so, too. And this is what we, you know, as Packer fans, we signed up for. We knew that this was going to be the type of season that it was going to be with a young team, a bunch of dead salary cap. Devontae's gone two years ago. Aaron Rodgers is gone this year. Like, there's going to be a transition here. We're seeing that transition. We're seeing some good. We're seeing some bad. I think the... The, the peaks have been pretty high. The valleys, I think, have been maybe lower than maybe some have expected, but they're still the 500 team. They're right around, I think, right around even from a point differential standpoint. Yep. And overall, like this is a team that is going to have more of these moments than less, but they're learning together on the fly. I feel for Matt LaFleur. I know that like it's Brian Gutekind's job to like look at this team and be like, all right, where can we be in 2024, 2025, 2026 and beyond? It's Matt LaFleur's job to go out and win this week. So like, right, I'm sure right. he's like, yeah, well, you know, I'd love a freaking veteran at like some, like one or two of these positions so that, you know, we can go out and, uh, you know, maybe play at a little bit more discipline level, but these guys are going to be your veterans in two, three, four years. And that is an encouraging thought with some of the stuff that they're already doing on the field this year as rookies and first year players. Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, I think that the defense is one of those things too, that needs to start playing up to the talent level that they have. And that's, that's what my one concern I think with the Packers right now is still that run defense, because that, that was their issue last year. 
and that hasn't gotten better. Not gotten <laughs> like, you need to get better. It's my <laughs> biggest Jordan concern Love, going into the year. Yeah, and I'm like, Jordan Love needs to have a defense that he can lean on at this point. He shouldn't. The defense should not be leaning on him to keep scoring points because he is young and he's still developing and he's still developing with his young receivers and all that other stuff. So I'm like, that's gonna the offense is gonna be a little disjointed right now. You should be able to lean on this defense, and that's that. That's my concern still going forward, which isn't encouraging because that means that they've been stagnant since last year. No, as excited as I am about you know certain things with this team, still, if they can't stop the run and they can't run the football, things are going to get worse before they get better because this is not the team that's built. Like you don't have an MVP quarterback that can just cover some of those issues. Like you've got to be able to do some of the basics and running the football and stopping the run. And right now green Bay is not doing either of those. Let's take a spin around uh, the rest of the NFC North really quick. I know you had a great piece on Harrison Smith. He is once again, playing out of his mind. The Vikings finally get a victory. It was a little bit uh, touch and go for a while. There didn't start great, but they get a win over the, you know, now what defeated uh, Owen for uh, Carolina completely Panthers. defeated. Yeah. The completely only other defeated Panthers. team in the league by the, other than the bears. I know um, but they, was, get the win. they get the win. It was encouraging because it was finally kind of figuring out how, how to win those one score games that they were so good at winning last year. Um, and I, it, it was not at all surprising that Harrison Smith was the first one to pop off because what Brian Flores told me before this season was that this defense runs through Harrison Smith and Jordan Hicks. It runs through these vets. Um, Brian Flores equips his players to make, to be, essentially behave as an offense where they can make checks. They can make audibles based on what they're seeing on the field. And he makes sure that there are at least two guys on every, on every one of these defenses that knows everyone's job, knows the why behind every play call that way they can look at an offense and say, okay, this is going to work or this isn't going to work. Let's check into something else. And Harrison Smith is one of those guys because he's a veteran and he's someone that Brian Flores leans on to be his eyes on the field. So the fact that Harrison Smith is popping off now, I think you're going to see him. You're going to see Jordan Hicks. The fact that Daniel Hunter already has five sacks this year. Marcus Davenport is now getting back into the fold. You're going to see one by one, two by two, some of these guys really coming into this system as they really start to grasp it. And that's what I'm looking for going forward. Now they have a test against the Kansas City Chiefs coming up this weekend. Um, But I'm looking for kind of that incremental improvement where you keep seeing different guys pop off. So you saw Harrison Smith last week. I'm going to be looking towards Jordan Hicks or one of those other two pass rushers. Um, the fact that Brian Flores has maintained his creativity while still having blue chip pass rushers like Daniel Hunter and Marcus Davenport, I think is going to make this team really tough to contend with once they grasp the system and they're going to be able to play some more complimentary football that's going to win them these one score games again. Yeah, I do think this Vikings defense is going to continue to trend in the right direction. You had brought it up uh, earlier this year, just like it's going to take a hot second to get everyone on the same page of this Brian Flores defense. I think we've seen that through the first four games. But as you mentioned, there were some signs this past game that, you know, maybe they're starting to head in the right direction. And Harrison Smith has to be a big piece of that as one of the key veterans on that defense. So they get the win against Carolina. We'll see if that gets them trending in the right direction. They've got a really tough one this week against the Chiefs that we'll talk about in a little bit that uh, it felt like that Panthers was a must win with the Chiefs coming up right after it. But we'll talk about maybe some of the matchups there. But I do want to ask you about the uh, the train wreck of the division. That is the (laughs) Chicago Bears. Uh, You wrote, I think, a great piece of like or at least that tweet. I forget which one it was, but like, are they ready to win? And I think that's a fair question to ask of this Bears team. 
They have the loss to the Broncos after being up, I think it was 28 to seven, and they just completely mm-hmm. fall apart. There's questions about Matt Eberflus. You've got the Chase Claypool situation. He got peppered for, I don't know how many questions it was in a row about the Chase Claypool situation. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy team right now. It's in the way that the Lions have absolutely everything figured out, both on the field and off of it, the Bears have nothing. They don't have an off the field culture to fall back on. They're not performing on the field. It's just a, they're finding new levels of dysfunction every week. And we saw Jaquan Brisker just got hurt with a hamstring, has a hamstring injury now after a half speed practice leading up to the game uh, Thursday night. Like nothing is, nothing is sound. There's nothing that you can trust or build on. There's no foundation whatsoever to build from in Chicago right now. And they just, they don't have their footing as a result. And it makes a lot of sense when you, you know, you see the breakdowns in every which way Um, it will be very interesting to see the bears have never fired their coach in season in their hundred, whatever year history. Um, So they would buck over a century of tradition and history. If they were to fire Matt Eberflus in at any point during the season. So for that reason, Barring anything egregious happening, um, I don't think that poor play on the field, unfortunately, is enough for the McCaskies to make a change or for Ryan Poles to make a change at this point. Um, Also, I don't know who would come in and be the acting head coach. You could get Richard Hightower, their special teams coordinator, is the only one on this staff with coordinator experience. None of these guys have been coordinators before. None of them have been head coaches before. So I don't know who you feel good about leaving the team to if Matt Eberflus departs. Um, I I don't know. Firing your offensive coordinator for the same reason just doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. Um, unless you have an immediate replacement for him, yeah. but it just, there doesn't seem to be a way up. Like the bears don't know which way is the surface and they're drowning. And it's honestly, it sucks. Like I hate having to talk about how much this organization has failed because, and I think Packers fans can appreciate this. Like that rivalry is at its best when both teams are at their best. And you want to see, you want good competition and you want these amazing games and all this other stuff. Like steamrolling a team all the time is just, it gets boring and old after a while. And also the Chicago fan base is so passionate. And I think they have to, they're forced to talk themselves into just ridiculously unrealistic situations. Um, They can't see the forest through the trees because they're trying to grasp at absolutely everything. And I don't blame them for it. Uh, but it just, there's so, I don't even know where to begin in, like, I see all these articles of like what I would do to fix the bears. I'm like, I don't know what I would do to fix the bears. There's so much wrong right now. You can't do anything in season either. That, that, that's really super meaningful when you have organizational, organizational failure at every single level right now. Well, it's so hard in the NFL when you've got 17 games, that's all you're guaranteed. And the Bears have had obviously issues for a while now, but a lot of times you get like, you at least maybe get a new head coach and there's a little bit of new optimism or you get a new quarterback and there's a little bit of new optimism. And at least maybe the the season isn't an unmitigated nightmare until like week nine or 10. And you're like, all right, well, now it's over and there's like seven weeks left. This was over by week three and it might've been over by the time they lost to the Packers. Like that's almost like what it felt like after that game. But like, at least by like week three, that everything was already falling apart to the point where you're like, all right, same old Chicago bears. And to your point, 
this this league, and I'll, I'll put the Packers in there too. There's certain teams where this league is better when certain teams are good, and and the Chicago Bears are generally one of those teams where it just makes it a little bit more entertaining. We haven't seen that level of play from Chicago. Now, from a Packer fan standpoint, there's certainly some things entertaining about watching what's going on as well, <laughs> but. Yeah, it's sometimes, but still, you want to see, you know, teams beat the best teams and you want to see a little bit more competence and those sort of things. It's going to be so interesting because to your point, all right, so they, if they fire Luke Getze, what are you going to, like, I don't think that's going to change anything. Like you, you've are the defensive coordinator situation already happened. He's already gone. Like, right. You're, and if, if you're going to fire the head coach, you're, if you're not going to go with Getze, everyone wants him fired already. Like it's. I don't know where you go in season. I joked earlier this week, do you give Jeff Saturday a call? That worked out well for the Indianapolis Colts last uh, <laughs> last year. But like, there's no good answer. And to your point, for anyone that wants to put out a, a blog, a podcast, an article, or anything else on how to fix the Bears, good luck. Because there are a lot of things. More power to you. Is that like, it does feel like if they have one thing going for them right now, they have right now the number one and number two picks in the NFL draft next year. And yeah. it does feel like, for maybe the first time they have the ability to completely clean slate this thing and go new GM, new head coach, new quarterback. If they would get Caleb Williams all at the same time, not that you have this quarterback on one timeline that was drafted by a GM. That's no longer here. That was hired by a coach. And everyone's like, well, who's quarterback and GM and coach is this and whose fault. And you get the Spider-Man pointing meme of, well, it's everyone else. It's like, just get everyone on the same timeline and start it from scratch and see what they can do together. And that this might be their one opportunity to actually do that. Yeah. And I'm honestly not sure that they're going to do that either, just because of the fact that not only do they not have a history of firing coaches in season, they don't have a history of firing coaches with multiple years left on their contracts or GMs for that matter. They don't want to pay coaches that aren't coaching for them. And listen, I get no team wants to do that, but everyone pretty much does it at some point or another. Um, and I just, there's, there's, but there's no good backup plan. There's no good, um, where there's no good place to turn right now. And it's just, it's really disheartening because like you said, it happened so early in the season. I don't think we're done either. I don't think that, um, the defensive coordinator situation is entirely resolved. I see that maybe coming back to bite them, um, later on in the season or whenever the full story ends up coming out. I just, there's there's nothing good on the horizon for the Chicago bears right now. I mean, you're coming up now on almost a year of not have, of not winning a game. And that is just, you're on the wrong side of these milestones. You're on the, you have the bad milestones. You're on the wrong side of history for so much. um, So early in the season. And I, I really just sympathize honestly with everybody, even inside that building. That's just like that. They don't know which way is up. And I just, I don't know. It's, it's going to be really interesting how they go forward. Cause I'm like, can you just like can the NFL grant them like a mercy exemption? Can they just like not play the rest of this season? Just like take picks one and two um, and, and just quit for right now. Cause I just, I don't know. I mean, obviously that's not a thing, but that, putting that everybody Panthers through Lions, that Panthers lions game is a sneaky, important one in the NFC North because you, for, for like any other NFC North team, well, I, I guess in this case, just the Vikings and the, Packers, but like getting the Lions a loss in the division would give the Vikings and Packers at least some hope. Whereas, like, you want the Panthers to pick up some wins so that they don't give the Bears a earlier draft pick. So it's like, man, I don't think it's going to happen. But if the Panthers could beat the Lions, that would be uh, a sneaky, nice victory for at least the, the Vikings and the Packers side of things. But 
We, uh, we got to probably get out of here pretty quick here. I know you're uh, super busy. We're recording this on Thursday prior to Bears Commanders. It'll launch on Friday, but we got four NFC North games this week. Bears at Commanders, Chiefs at Vikings, which we hinted at a little bit earlier, Panthers at Lions, which we just talked about, and then Packers at Raiders. Just your quick thoughts on the slate of games for the NFC North this week. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see. I, I really am. I'm taking the Commanders for Thursday night. That could age, that could age bad, but you know what? I'd, I'd be happy to be wrong. Um, as far as the Chiefs Vikings, again, we're talking about how the Vikings defense is gaining some momentum and they could they're running straight into one of the offensive juggernauts in this in this league. Though Kansas City has some trepidation about their young wide receivers. Uh that's been yeah. a storyline kind of going around not being totally on the same page with Patrick Mahomes. Uh I'm really looking so Brian Flores owns an over 60% blitz rate through the season. Uh, he blitzed Justin Herbert 81.6% of dropbacks when they played Minnesota or when they played the Chargers. Um, and I, I, you can't keep that up against Pat Mahomes because he's so good against the blitz. So I'm going to be very interested to see Minnesota's game plan when it comes to defending Patrick Mahomes. But then again, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have the guys in, you know, he doesn't have the receivers that know him like the back of his back of their hand. So that's what makes him so dangerous usually is he can make something happen after the play breaks down. I don't know that he has that ability as much right now, so we'll see. Um, yeah, Lions, Panthers, you said, you said the most interesting storyline for half the NFC North right now because if the Lions win, that puts them further ahead um, of the division, but it helps the Chicago Bears in that the Panthers stay winless and and keep that number two pick, um, if the, if the, especially if the Bears stay winless. Um, but yeah, I mean, if the, if the Panthers somehow pull it out, it really helps uh, the Packers and the and the Vikings in a lot of ways. But um, and then I'm just excited to see you know the Packers kind of. I feel like this is kind of a get right game on Monday night. I think that they have a really good shot against the Raiders. The Raiders are not without their dysfunction um, this year, and in a national spotlight, I just I think it's so impressive too that Jordan Love just has no panic in him, and when he's put on these primetime games like. He still makes things happen, um, even if it doesn't end up in a win like it didn't this last Thursday night. But you just you see him still fight and come back and do some and flash some really good things. So maybe flashing more good things uh, against the Raiders, which I think is a totally winnable game for the Packers. I did too. I think it's a get right game as well. They're coming off the rest. We talked about we'll see if it's almost like home field advantage for Green Bay with the amount of Packer fans sure. that will be there. I like a lot of things about that game for Green Bay. I'm going chalk this week. I think Packers over Raiders, Lions over Panthers, Chiefs over Vikings, and Commanders over Bears. I think kind of the favorites in each of those games find ways to pull out the victories. I don't know if I if I had to pick an upset, I'm not sure which way I would go. Probably yeah. maybe you go Raiders. I don't know. Like um just because weird things could happen, maybe Vikings could pull off the Chiefs. I don't I was know. Gonna I, say, I, I think I think if I'm getting frisky and trying to pick an upset, I think I'm going. I'm. I, I guess I'm going Vikings over Chiefs rather than Bears over Commanders. Good God! Um, so just far we've fallen. It feels like all the favorites find a way to win in this one, but that's of course why they play the games. We will have the opportunity to break it all down next week and see what we were right about, what we were wrong about and everything in between. Carmen, tell everyone where they can find your amazing work over on Fox sports and where we can find you on social media. Yeah. Foxsports.com. Um, I've got even a little tab that if you just click on my name, it pops up all the articles I write. Um, and then Carmi B on, like you said at the top of the show, and, and we're going to well, end the show with this. Carmi B is where you can find everything that I do um, on a consistent basis. I always repost my appearances or uh, articles or anything like that. So on Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok. But my TikTok isn't really newsy. It's just 
what life is like on on the road and and behind the scenes a little bit more. So I don't know if you're into that, but go for it. Check it out. Follow her on all forms of social media at Carmi V. You won't regret it. She does an amazing job covering the NFL and of course the NFC North. You'll find her here next week on the Packaday podcast as well. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. That's going to do it for us today. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. 